This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Martin, the Countex just gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It does, it does. And it's the biggest, I'd say biggest show in Europe, and I'm thinking maybe the biggest show in the world. What we know, for sure, is the one-stop shop for digital and in-person events. With the following it's built over the years, Accountex packed a punch that's with events that are dedicated to both the accounting and finance professions. Yeah, and it's all CPD accredited as well. They've got a virtual summit coming up 10th, 11th of November, which is free to attend. And they've got some interesting topics coming up there, haven't they? Digital assets, social mobility, future of cloud accounting, commercializing opportunities for NTD, penalty reform, not your normal lineup. Yeah, and it's all ramping up to the big event they've got going on in London at the Excel Arena. It's the largest in Europe. And if you want your CPD points, if you want to find out what's happening, don't forget to book that in your diary for the 11th and 12th of May. And there's a website they can go to, Martin. Yeah, accountex.co.uk or indeed follow them on Twitter at at accountex. That's at accountex. Welcome to our special guest interview today, and I'm thrilled to have with me today one of our Accounting Influencer Roundtable members, Farouk Raja. Good day to you, sir. Hi, Rob. Good morning. Farouk, for people that haven't come across you and the great stuff that you do, just uh, give us a, a quick 60-second bio so people get a feel for where you're coming from. My career is, uh, like a lot of people I suspect, spanned accountancy, I qualified an accountant, uh, and technology Part of that is because I think that when I was starting out in working life, technology was just beginning to come into the office environment. And quite often, it would be the accountants in the office who would end up with with the PC or access to it. And, and so that just kind of developed into an interest in technology. I carried on with the finance work. And then you go into coding and then some programming and system implementation. And, and so um, I, th- I, think, I think many accountants probably who worked certainly in commerce would have had a role as a systems accountant somewhere along in their career. And uh, that's really been kind of the two legs that, that have been involved in everything I've done since. And how much has the accounting game changed over the years? You and me have a few years in the bank, as it were. So we've seen a lot of changes. You mentioned the tech, but a lot has changed, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you can see that as, as being an awful lot has changed. But I, I do say sometimes that it is also the second oldest profession in the world, right? And so the, the fundamentals have not changed about double entry. And that is helpfully in some respects because it gives us a very clear uh, idea of what we're doing and what we're aiming for. But obviously, uh, as the world has become more sophisticated, as organizations have become larger, I think all of that has placed a lot of emphasis on accountants to keep up and, and serve the needs of both the new type of business and the new ways of doing business. So you're an accountant by background. What are you doing now? Now I'm involved in a startup is probably the, the best way to describe it, a technology startup. And the problem we're trying to solve is making technology usable and useful for accountants and small businesses so that they can earn more from their efforts. There is a world of capability out there and lots of new software and all types of technology as well, uh, not just software, but it's how do you use it to good effect 
so that it makes a difference to your working life and, and obviously to your business prospects. And we don't think that that is happening right now. Or, and, and, and our job is to, to, to enable that to happen. And it's a fact, isn't it, that accountants have moved beyond having to be technically good and knowing about tax and all of that stuff to being technological. I'm not quite geeks, but they need to know more than 10 in the computer on and off these days to serve their clients properly. And of course, that's driven by the fact that the clients are using a lot more technology. So, you know, and I think connected to the thing earlier on, who are the go-to people in their lives in business? Uh, you know, accountants end up being pretty much the one constant relationship they have. You know, they'll, they'll have a relationship with a lawyer and they'll have a relationship with a, other other forms of professional. But, you know, the constant is their accountant. And so it's not uncommon that as they absorb more technology, they go to their accountant to help with that. If not directly, then certainly indirectly. Talk to us through some of the changes in technology that are impacting accountants and how they serve their clients. I think what we're seeing right now is that there's a massive amount of investment and activity in producing brand new software uh, that runs in the cloud. And that software does all sorts of things that uh, previously were done uh, manually. So uh, some good examples are ingestion of documents. Now that's a kind of stepping stone, but the scanning and reading and interpreting an invoice and posting it to the right place in a ledger, you know, that, that's kind of a lot of historic pieces of technology now coming out as product. So, so I think that the two or three big themes are that one, uh, the move to cloud for all businesses, meaning that your technology is safe, secure, you know, the upgrade cycle is taken care of for you, it's accessible everywhere. That's a huge, huge step forward. And, and that's being enabled by, you know, underlying technologies like uh, 5G, because it's all very well having it in the cloud, but you need it accessible. And as soon as you can't get to it, you're going to, you know, you're going to lose, lose, lose some interest. So, so 5G is going to enable that. There's a lot of cloud-based software. That software is helping do jobs that people did do already, but manually. And I think the, the thing about that is that there's going to be more and more of that. The software is getting smarter. It's almost a bit like the uh, the change in self-driving cars. You know, there are levels one, two, three, and four, right? And and level one is just about keeping your speed constant. And level four is, you know, summon the car and it will take you everywhere. And we're in a similar thing with software for business, which is we are getting uh, you know, artificial intelligence. So is it really artificial intelligence or is it able to do some lookups, right? You know, level one stuff versus level four. Uh, process automation. Is it able to do something from end to end, take timesheet information in and pay someone? Or is it able to, you know, just move data from one system to the other? So I, th I think we're probably at level one approaching level two now. And I suspect that a lot of people might disagree with that, but that's really what we're in the market for, which is to say it is actually out there already. It's just not enough people are using it and we want to increase adoption. I get that. I mean, accountants as a breed are not known for early adoption. They want to see things working for years and years and prove the case for it. But we can't deny in these COVID times, COVID has enabled remote working through the cloud. Cloud's been the game changer, hasn't it? But I guess you would say it's a lot more than remote working. 
Yeah, I think cloud is a fundamentally important move in terms of how things are going to be done. Uh, and and this simple example uh, I would give is that, you know, if you have a piece of software on your desktop and you buy something that complements it, that has a certain function, we all know now that what you can run on your computer is dependent on, obviously, the the capability of your machine, the RAM and the, the, the memory, et cetera, et cetera. And you don't have those constraints in cloud. So you could conceivably want to do something. And because your simple bookkeeping software is in the cloud, push that query out to IBM's Watson or Google or something where there is a, a city's worth of compute power applied to your very simple problem and of course it will get solved instantly so you know I, I, I think in the consumer space we're seeing it in the business space it's coming but it's not being adopted so in consumer i think translation language translation and i, I was on holiday in china and and the only way i could get around was to speak in my phone and and have it immediately translated and it was fantastic. Otherwise, you know, it would have been very, very difficult. So the cloud has residing within it some very powerful future technology. So by moving to the cloud, you are then getting into the environment where you'll be able to use that stuff. That's, I think, the bigger benefit of moving to cloud, not the access everywhere and, you know, the, the, the constant maintenance. With the changing technological transformation, we could put it, what is driving that? Is it the vendors and the creators of the software? Is it the accountants asking for it? Or is it the clients actually asking the accountants to do more? I think there's probably a, a mix of pressures to move forward. So pandemic is a good example of something that's an external factor, right? Uh, and, and, and very immediate. And so people had to react. I think the otherwise pressure is that it's competition in free markets you know it's okay being a luddite and saying you know I, I prefer to do it this way i you know people often say we like to do it this way or we're comfortable with that we've always done it this way right <laughs> we've always done it this way now that's fine till the guy next door or the girl next door does it differently and it's better it's quicker it's cheaper and it gets the job done and they are then able to do other things that are more valuable. So that is competitive pressure. And the competitive pressure comes from, I suppose, one must argue from the customers. The customers want more and better because they see it in the marketplace. Other people are doing it better than you. Other people can turn it around quicker. The quality of what I see being provided by other people is better than yours. Why aren't you doing it? And so that then feeds back into the, the accountant and professional advisor and, and whoever the supplier is. Yeah. So you're talking here about the, the trends that are shaping client requirements of their professional advisors. It's no longer that an accountant can do what they used to do a few years ago and keep their clients happy. The clients are wanting more and more. That's driving change. It's driving technology forward, right? The change, you can see it in day-to-day -day, uh, uh, interactions people have. People are a lot more savvy. You know, the, I don't know what the statistics are, but the number of people starting their own businesses, doing things for themselves, having a side hustle, as they say, and you've got eBay and you've got Amazon, you can go on to be a seller and get global access. So, so there is this buzziness in business, and those people are the ones that are leading the charge in being demanding about what they want then. So, you know, I, I sell on the internet, you know, I, I, I have e-commerce uh, 
accounting needs you know can you do that i i buy crypto am i you know going to get taxed on again and can you look after that for me well you know you can say no or you can find out about it and get involved so society is adopting technology and new ways of working change is always described as the only constant but i think the pace of change is speeding up and that acceleration of course then feeds back into the people who support the people carrying out that change so what are the barriers then what's stopping the change particularly in accounting firms they we know they've got to change their approach and and their adoption of technology in this new world, but they drag their heels a little bit sometimes. What are the main blockages? Yeah, I think we have to be fair and reasonable when we look at the barriers to change, whether it applies to accountants or small businesses, because uh, I, I think they're you know, very, very similar issues. And, and I'd say there are three things that I'd bring right to the top, you know, having, having spent a lifetime helping people change the way they do things and change the systems that they do. One is resistance to change. We, we none of us like to have, you know, uh, things changed around us, you know, you will see that in everyday life when people are surprised by oh don't sorry that train is not running so now you've got to get a bus service in oh my god am i going to get there you've got this meeting and they've changed the venue you know we don't like change that manifests itself in everything so resistance to change is a perfectly natural human thing and everybody has it and people in business have it have it. The second thing is small businesses, particularly, and if you look at the, uh, you know, the analysis by McKinsey's or Harvard or whatever, one of the key things they identify is that there is a scarcity of resource. The small businesses don't have spare cash oftentimes. They don't have surplus resources. They don't have redundancy and change is hard business. So they've got a business to run. They're not flush with cash. They have to be very, very careful how they prioritize what they uh, do with it. So actually, lack of resources is one of the barriers. If you gave people in business, and particularly small businesses, free resources, free cash for a set period of time or a set amount, you will see them change. So it's a very practical thing. And then the third thing is, and this applies to the smallest to the largest, if we're doing something, particularly in business, we always have an eye on preserving what we've already got. You don't want to make changes and lose everything you had. But in small business, that's your livelihood. That's, you know, that's paying the bills. So there is a fear and a need to protect what you already have. Of those three, I would pull out resistance to change as the key one. Why? Because that's the one you can readily do something about. That's the one you can say, okay, I'm in a competitive landscape, things are changing, customers are becoming more demanding, and also though, they are willing to probably pay more for better uh, value services. What can I do to put me ahead of the competition? Well, the first thing is you can decide that you want to improve things and you want to make changes. And that you don't have to pay for and you can do tomorrow. And that is one of the three biggies. So it's in people's hands. That makes sense. We need to change. It's forced upon us in many ways. But if we don't change, we risk becoming obsolete. We risk becoming irrelevant. So have you got any examples of accounting firms that are getting this new approach right, Farouk? I think you see the market now separating into different groups of accountants. And what I mean by that is how many accountants do you see now that have cloud in their names, right? 
And that is not just a kind of word, but it, it's a statement of intent. Because what you find with those guys is that they are then adopting the new technologies, number one. And having adopted those technologies, they are moving towards providing services that the new technologies have freed them up to do, right? So either they're having more time to do these newer advisory type of services, or they're getting capability from those systems so that they're able to do the kind of thing that otherwise would have taken a long time to prepare, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you know, so, so the, the other group I'd say is there. There are a lot of new accountants. That's noticeable from what we're doing and the people we talk to. And of course, as always in life, the new people start with new stuff. So there is now this separation and and kind of like the sixty four thousand pound question, which is, is what is going to be the function of accountants in future going to be achieved through a transition of accountants now to different ways of doing things? Or is it going to be that, you know, there's going to be a slow retirement out of the old ways of doing it replaced by new people and new ways of doing it? And I think that's a question that everybody's probably wondering about now. Well, you're touching on the future there. If we get your crystal ball out, what is coming up over the next few years with the accounting profession and what will the great firms and accountants look like compared to just the good and the average? Uh, so first thing, it, looking ahead and looking in the future is always bedeviled, isn't it? We're, 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 we're looking a complete fool after the event. I, I'm always reminded of the, uh, the, the first of those uh, futuristic Blade Runner movies where there was an automatic taxi and, and they had a mannequin in the front that would turn around, right? That was the vision of a self-driving automated car. And of course, it's going to be no such thing because there won't be a driver, let alone a steering wheel and all of that. Predicting the future, obviously, everybody knows very hard. I think for accountants and for small businesses, I think you're going to move to qualitative things rather than quantitative things. And, and people are talking about data is the new oil. Now, these things, they fly around and people are not quite sure, you know, does that even impact their life? Does it mean anything to them? And I'd say it absolutely does. So if I give you the example of a small engineering company I'm involved with, their sales are rocketing. And it's because they are selling a product which enables electric charging. Fantastic market to be in. It's just exploded. What do they need? Obviously, they have to have bookkeeping and need to know what their management accounts position is. What, did they make money and what kind of margin? But they want to know who's buying our stuff, who's buying it at the best prices. Where is the likely demand going to be in the coming three months? How much do we need to pre-order so that we can save on the logistics costs which are going through the roof? What I'm saying there is accountants will be the people that they will come to to say, help me with these things. Give me some advice about what I need to do because my business needs to you know, move in a different direction, up, down or sideways. But more importantly, it'll need to do it quickly. So I think there's, there's a lot of talk about you know, compliance versus advisory, et cetera. I think accountants have all those skills. It's just having the time and the tools to be able to deploy them for their customers. But their customers live in an ever-changing and fast-changing world now. And so they're going to come and ask, and they're going to obviously stay with the people who can provide the answers. Yes, that makes sense. And I read somewhere recently that the average 
age of an accountant is 52, 53. The average age of a business owner is now in the 30s, mid 30s. So there's this new breed of business owners and entrepreneurs coming through that want to be served by professional advisors that have a handle on the technology and they know what's going on and they can move beyond the compliance. So I guess that's one thing we can be certain of in the future, that accountants that don't step up and embrace the technology, they're going to struggle. I think it's true in every industry. I think it's probably more pointed with professional advisors and particularly accountants. I think it's going to be true for lawyers as well. You know, I personally have experience of weeks and weeks of contracts being drawn up and which I think, well, you know, we did this three months ago and we're now doing the same thing. Is it going to be more painful for accountants? I kind of think so, because, you know, there are five million small businesses in the UK. And depending on whose numbers you look at, 30,000 accountants in practice, yeah? So to my mind, the needs of that 5 million to keep up with change, keep up with technology, keep up with the you know dynamic nature of the world is going to need to be addressed by that much, much smaller group. So it is going to be hugely challenging for some and a fantastic opportunity for others. Faruqi, people want to have a conversation with you. We'll put your details in the show notes, but just tell us real quickly about your integration and automation platform for accountants and their clients. Going back to what I said earlier, our job is really to say there's lots of fantastic technology out there and what people need to be able to know which is good technology to implement it to integrate it and then use it to good effect. So to make sure that you don't end up doing 80% and then have to do 20% on paper or in a spreadsheet or whatever, which is actually a huge loss. You know, you kind of have this efficiency curve and then it falls off because you've got a break in the process. So what we have done is we've created a platform that says, and focusing on accountants, it says, We've looked at the technology that's available in the marketplace. We've evaluated best for each job that you might need to do. So the best document management systems, the best bookkeeping systems, the best payroll system, best practice management systems. We've picked the top ones and we have built the integrations already so that when you say, okay, I choose to have these products or I already have these products, that they will interact with each other as if they were part of one big platform. This is an old debate that's gone on for years and years, single platform versus best of breed. What we're creating is a best of breed integrated platform as a service. So you can choose the things that you want to use or you're already using, but they will work with the other products that you've chosen seamlessly, but in a way that it does the things that you need them to do as an accountant. So this is not integration tools, it's integrated processes. So I'll collect information, uh, you know, for, for timesheets for staff here, and I want that to end up with a payment uh, ready for approval in a bank account. Why should that require human intervention on the way through? Our belief is it shouldn't, and that's what we're trying to eliminate. Sounds great. Global domination beckons. Farouk, it's been terrific. Would you leave us with some words of encouragement for the accountants and the accounting firms generally that are listening and want to get ahead of the game. They know that technology is coming. It can't be held back. They want to embrace it. They're perhaps a little bit scared by what's going on, but they want to serve their clients well. These are good people wanting to make a difference and wanting to embrace the new world. What words of advice would you give to them in closing? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of accountants. As I said, I'm an accountant. I used the term the other day just off the cuff, but I think I might, I might continue to use it. I firmly believe it's almost like a superpower. And we take too much for, we, and we take so much for granted that accountants know. And the tragedy is that um, what people want in business from their accountants the accountants already have in their head. It's the obstacles of doing the day-to-day -day that is depriving them of the time to provide that advice. Let's not use the word advisory. And the words of encouragement would be to say, just please recognize that what you have is highly valued by the people you served. If only you could bring to bear the stuff they value rather than spend your time doing the stuff that has to be done. There's a term called proximity bias. You may have come across it, Farouk. It's where we get so close to what we do that we don't see the brilliance of it. It becomes so mundane and run of the mill, if you like, for us, so ordinary, so every day, that we don't see how valuable it is to people that don't live in our world. And accountants are super smart, technically brilliant, but often undermine their powers. Of course, we're only human, right? So the resistance to change, the, you know, the fear of uh, new stuff, that applies to everybody. I, I think for me, you know, the most wonderful resource in the universe we know of currently is the human brain, right? And, and accountants have it stuffed with all sorts of fantastic skills and then experience. And I'm saying that's locked away behind, you know, compiling and, and you know, comparing and, and, and it shouldn't. You know, if you could produce a few projections that you can help your client interpret. This is good for your business. You should do a lot more of that, which you will be able to see as soon as the numbers are available to you. That's the, the wow factor in what accountants could, could do for their business clients. And it's just not being done enough. But because there are these obstacles, as we discussed earlier, they're getting in the way of accountants having the time. You've got this, uh, you know, vicious uh, circle, or, or, or they call it virtuous spiral, isn't it? If you have more time, you'll be able to give better advice. When you give good advice, people will want more of your advice and be prepared to pay more for it. And it, it gets virtuous. Whereas at the moment, I think too many people are stuck in, well, you know, it took you a week to a month to turn around these accounts. They're already three months out of date. And you could only spare me five minutes to say, here they are, I need you to sign them. I'm, I'm, I'm not really going to want to pay an awful lot for that, am I? Well, Farouk, that's a really strong call to action there for the accountants listening. We can all raise our game. Thank you so much for your inspiration and your insights today. Absolute pleasure. Lovely speaking to you, Rob. Take care now. This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.